0: In the opening scene, we saw an old man staggering around a darkened room in the middle of the night who ends up urinating on the carpet. That's how the world was introduced to Logan Roy, the domineering media mogul, played so brilliantly by the actor Brian Cox in the hit TV show Succession. The HBO series was partly inspired by an Australian family, the Murdochs, and features a sprawling media empire, including the right-wing news channel ATM, which is modelled on Fox News. It's widely seen as one of the finest TV dramas that has ever been put to air. And with us to discuss it on the eve of the final episode, are uh, uh, James Poniewozik, a TV critic with The New York Times, and Felix Salmon of the news site Axios, who presents a podcast on Succession. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Great pleasure. The writing, the acting, uh, those beautiful shots of helicopters swooping through the skies above Manhattan, all of the above. James, what is it that has made Succession such a success?
1: You you mentioned the acting, and that's a great place to start. You know, it's a fantastically written show. It is a timely show. It's a funny show. But you can't let go of the fact that, you know, there, there are six eight ten people in the cast who would be the best actor on any other show uh and you know and and they're just just battling it out with each other uh every other week but you know listen i i I think it it goes to the fact that you know sagas of rich people problems have always been a reliable source uh of fascination on tv And this is a very rarefied version of that that I think really, really speaks to our time and to the rich people of our time.
0: Felix, for the uninitiated, for those who haven't seen the show, we should quickly explain the the driving narrative. It's a sort of Game of Thrones scenario in the modern day, right in the moment, really. Who is going to end up on the Iron Throne? Who is going to end up running the media empire?
2: The dirty secret of succession is that nothing ever actually happens in succession. The third season began with this cliffhanger of who is going to win this proxy fight, and it ended with this cliffhanger of who is going to end this proxy win the win the proxy fight. Right, like it's one of those shows which you watch for the deliciousness of the one liners, and as James says, for the acting and for. Just the unbelievably dark humour behind it all, much more than you do for the plot, because the number of major things that have happened in the plot over four seasons is really surprisingly small. It
0: really is a wonderful ensemble piece. Brian Cox, brilliant as Logan Roy, the Australian actress Sarah Snook, superb as the daughter Shiv. And, And there's one scene that I think has become particularly iconic, a balcony scene. It's filmed at a penthouse in Manhattan where Shiv is arguing with her husband, Tom, who's played by Matthew McFadden. Let's hear a clip of that now. Can I just say something? At this party here,
2: there are maybe 40 of the most important people in America and you have just walked all around all evening telling them all that I'm going to get fired. No, it was implied, likely, as a little part of a tactical kind of joke. Will you explain to me uh, the joke? Because oh I don't God. get the f***ing joke. I don't get the joke. It was something that he said that isn't true, that we needed to say. But you stood by his side and he said it and you were like, okay, well, that sounds good to me. I'm not doing this right now.
0: It's pretty hard to find a bit of uh, succession without swear words in it, actually. Um, <laughs> but you get a
1: flavour of how sharp the writing is, how good the acting is. And, and that scene gets worse, you know, by which I mean it gets better. It is just the most painfully vicious marital fight I've seen on TV, I think, since Tony and Carmela went at it on The Sopranos, maybe. And I mean, one thing that I
0: learned from listening to your show, Felix, was was the writing happens almost up to the, the actual take on set. You've got these writers who are kind of furiously writing away, just improving on scripts that are already brilliant. The writing is very much in the moment.
2: And some of it is improvised. But also I think one of the things that is worth mentioning here is how half of the writers are English. The showrunner is English. The tradition of this show comes out of the Armando Iannucci... In the Loop, The Thick of It, all of those kind of shows, which um, the English have always done very well. And, of course, The Veep, which came out of that edition as well. And that little clip that you played reminded me very much of the great English movie Withnell and I, where the eponymous Withnell is confronted and, he, and he's like, oh, this was a calculated risk. And these kind of things are very familiar to the brits and i think it's wonderful that the americans are embracing it as as much as they are
0: now all great shows have an almost fetishistic attention detail and and that's certainly true of succession i mean felix you're actually the chief financial correspondent of axios (laughs) which is kind of curious that you you're running this podcast on on succession but it is all about the super rich and i understand the show actually has a wealth consultant
2: have a wealth consultant they have business consultants when you know when there are proxy fights or people are talking about the share price or the leverage or that kind of stuff it actually makes sense there's an internal consistency to it but yeah this is why you never see any of them carrying bags or even like wearing overcoats because if you're that rich you just get sort of ferried from one climate controlled area to another climate controlled area and the weather never really impinges on you and if you notice that fight on the balcony took place outdoors in november on the ele- on the eve of the election in new york city when by rights it should have been freezing but they're both wearing basically nothing you know just shirt sleeves because Weather does not affect you when you're rich.
0: And one thing that's noticeable, they never duck when they get in a helicopter. If ever you're jumping in a helicopter, you see a lot of people ducking. If you're super rich, you know that the blades aren't going to sort of decapitate you.
2: And if you're one of the three main children in the show, Siobhan, Kendall and Roman, you never eat. You never see them putting food in their mouths. <laughs>
1: yeah. James? It is amazing, my wife and I, when we watch the show, have a running joke just about it. It is amazing how it sometimes seems like 90% of succession is people moving from one vehicle to another. The limo, to the helicopter, to the plane. And help me understand this paradox.
0: I reckon that a lot of people who would have enjoyed seeing Fox News and Rupert Murdoch run into trouble over the Dominion voting machines lawsuit and the misinformation that Fox News was pumping out after the 2020 presidential election are precisely the same people who love the show and maybe have a sneaking admiration
1: for Logan Roy. At heart, Succession is a rich people's soap. It's about rich people fighting over control of a company, which was the premise of Dallas 40 years ago. Uh, but, you know, those, those earlier sort of very populist, uh, very widely watched shows like, like Dallas, like Dynasty, were a very sort of populously, like, aspirational view of wealth. Uh, it was a fantasy of, you know, the way that you might like to live if you won the lottery. Whereas succession is, is, it is a very sort of rarefied picture of hyper wealth today, in which the spaces aren't luxurious so much as they're antiseptic. It's a kind of wealth that requires a certain sort of cultural accreditation even to appreciate. Uh, and therefore it is it is targeted at a, a more niche kind of viewer.
0: James, I think during the Trump years especially, we saw a lot of dystopian drama. Uh, The Handmaid's Tale, the adaptation of Margaret Atwood's haunting novel, The Plot Against America, the adaptation of Philip Roth's novel, uh, which imagines America becoming a dictatorship. I wonder whether we can talk now about a kind of new genre, which is a kind of declinist drama. I mean, this is all about political polarisation. It's all about the destabilisation of democracy. It's about the impact of media empire pumping out misinformation. It's a family saga, but in many ways it's a story as well about American decline.
1: It's, you know, and very specifically in the final season of the show, a, a, a show that's set against the backdrop of basically the country falling apart in a very familiar way during an election. And from the vantage point of people who are extremely insulated from the consequences of their actions and also have lost pretty much any sense of noblesse oblige that, you know, an earlier version of them might have had, uh, that, that might have, you know, given them some sense of responsibility Uh, you know, to, to, to keep the social fabric together. Um, So yes, it is, it is, you know, I, you know, I think very much in a sense, like the, the, the sort of inside story of decline and a declining nation, but, you know, told from, well inside a lavishly equipped panic room. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Uh, Felix, I mean, it is a classic case
0: of uh imitating life, right?
2: There's this wonderful line in the ninth episode of season four where the Swedish tech billionaire turns to a Siobhan, the daughter, says, I'm just saying you are nearly as mature a democracy as Botswana. <laughs> and it kind of hits home because it's it's not wrong, right? And it is this, as James says, it's this kind of curdled vision of aspirational TV where, on the one hand, it's not not aspirational. It still has all of the indicia of wealth and success, but it's also deeply immature on every single conceivable level, and it is an indictment of where America is, for sure.
0: Yeah, that line struck me, because it is absolutely true. America got universal suffrage in in 1965. It's as recent as that. That was when black Americans in the South were finally uh, allowed to vote, unfettered. It is a new democracy. We often think of it as an old one. Felix, I was listening to you the other day, and you said you watch it as tragedy and then on reflection it becomes comedy i confess i watch it a different way i find myself laughing out loud during it but afterwards i find it sort of deeply unsettling um just talk to me about how how you view it
2: so the the one of the great new things about the way we all watch television these days is subtitles everyone watches everything with subtitles and the only people who don't watch everything with subtitles are tv critics like me and james who get screeners that don't have subtitles and so while everyone else is watching with subtitles and getting the jokes immediately james and i are watching it without subtitles and the, the line readings don't really underscore the cleverness of the lines and how funny they are and when you're trying, when you're immersed in the drama, sometimes you miss what they're actually saying. And for someone like me, who can be a bit slow on the uptake, I need to re- I need to watch it a second time to realise just how cutting and how hilarious many of those lines are. And that's when something that feels tragic the first time around can just become deeply and darkly comic the second time around.
0: I wonder, in conclusion, where would you rank Succession? in the pantheon of great television james you first of all
1: well it hasn't finished yet <laughs> right but um you know so so that you know so that that's tricky if i were a person who made numbered lists um i don't know if i would say it's like a a, a top 5 or a top 10 show for me yet it, it needs a little time to age in my mind before i think i would i would put it there could be top 20 top 30 top 40 Uh, There's been a lot of great TV, Uh, 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 you know, but um, it's certainly a top 100 show for me and probably high up in that top 100. Felix?
2: Oh, definitely top five, because it has the, the tragedy and the complexity of something like The Wire, along with the humor of something like Fleabag. And you put those two together and I can't think of anything that comes close
1: bad had the trench, the wire, though, and, and the wire could be could be very funny. I mean, I, th- I think that's that you know it's absolutely true. yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, there's 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 just a lot of TV history to measure it against. I think
0: I'd put it in my top two that high. James Poniewozik, a TV critic with the New York Times, Felix Salmon of the New site Axios, who presents a wonderful podcast on Succession. Thank you so much for joining us. No,
1: oh, thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, for me, it's still Tony Soprano uh, with Logan Roy of Succession coming up on the rails. Uh, we're living through a golden era of television. I hope you've enjoyed the last 90 minutes of radio as well. I'm Nick Bryan. It's been such a pleasure to work with the Saturday Extra team, Belinda Summer, Isabel Summerson, Jesse Kaye, and Anne-Marie de Betancourt. Geraldine Duke is back next week. Think bigger about the world we live in